Okay, welcome back to Deeper Conversations. My name is Mason West. This is a podcast for Blue Food University Student Ministries where we talk, have deeper conversations on devotion, community, and being in Christ together. So today, I literally just get to host myself. We're doing this thing on Instagram, too, called Coffee and Conversation, where me and Abby just went by the grind today, got us some of our favorite grind orders, and I'm just going to ramble and talk about whatever. But evidently, she's got some questions just to to bounce to me and just talk about random stuff, but I got a couple of things just in, just to randomly talk about. How's your day, Abby, in the background? Um, it's great. It's going good. Well, it's off to the Yep. Yeah, it was a rough start. We we had a lot of technical difficulties, but mainly it was just because um, <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing, which is a usual, which happens pretty frequently around here, but we strive to do our best, but... Yep. Right now, we're just doing our thing. Do you have any random questions for me, Abby? Are you, uh, like, pancakes or waffles better? Pancakes or waffles? I used to be, no, seriously, I used to be a waffle guy. Growing up, it was always waffles. Then my love changed a little bit. My heart changed a little bit when my palate like really started desiring pancakes from Cracker Barrel, I think they have the best pancakes. No, I don't even really like, so just, I get them with, they have the best hot syrup. Like they come out with their tiny hot syrups. Why don't you like hot syrup? Isn't syrup made to be hot? Okay, okay, I understand. But anyways, uh, over the years, it's changed from waffles to pancakes, if, if that answers your question. But it's really just whatever I'm feeling. I mean, Cameron, through her pregnancy cravings, she has completely, like, she's craved Eggo, Eggo waffles every single day. And every, yeah, she's 11, basically. So, um, but the thing about it is, is she doesn't just eat two waffles at a time. She eats every time she goes to eat the waffles, which is, I hate to call her out, but probably like two or three times a day. It's four waffles at a time. But to, to, for, to be fair, those waffles are pretty thin, and they're more so like just little pieces of toast, but yeah. it's okay. But uh, that's that. Any other questions? I like the picture that you put up, Campus Pastor Energy. That's funny. If you could pick to be a character in the Bible and go back and live a day in their life for one day, and you come back and you have all of their memories, who would you choose? From the Bible, you said? Yes, but you can't choose Jesus. Well, yeah. <laughs> There's only one Jesus, Abby. Come on. Um, I think... I would want to be Paul, right? Yeah. Because I would want to But you're in prison most of the time. Yeah, so. Like, I feel like I really <laughs> that experience uh-huh. to connect with other people and like 
Okay, okay, okay. I get that. For me, it's uh, if I had to. So I don't know. Can they hear the question on your side? Could they hear it through your ears? If not, if you didn't hear the question, the question was if I could go back in time and be a Bible character for a day, you said, yeah. and have all their memories when you come back. and still have all their memories when I come back. For me, I think it'd be David just because, uh, and I don't know exactly what day I would choose of David's life, but any day in David's life seemed exciting. Uh, it seemed intense, but it was like if I could go back and just like see David in the moments of like, if I could be in David's shoes when the Israelites noticed, like seeing that he killed Goliath with one stone, that would completely probably alter the way I see life for the rest of my life. So probably David. Uh, or since you said I couldn't pick Jesus, I'd just be Mary. That way I can watch the birth of Jesus. Oh, but... Oh, but... <laughs> Yeah, uh, maybe maybe one of the wise men. Let's say that. Let's say that. But <laughs> yeah, so um, no changing genders here. No changing gender roles. Um, so there's no fluidity here. Um, not on deeper conversations. Uh, so uh, all love though. Oh. So uh, yeah, that'd be my answer. My mom just joined. I love you, mom. She's joined on Instagram Live for the deeper conversations, people that don't understand what's going on. This is probably Levi. The 1D secret. The Wendy secret. Oh, my gosh. So if you didn't hear the episode with, with Levi, the, the, this is the thing, which we just found out that a buddy of ours, Joe, Joe Dixon, uh, he, he went to the Christiansburg Wendy's. And they didn't let him do this deal. But me and Levi have done the deal many times at Wendy's. You know, they have their four for four. They also have their $5 biggie bag. I don't know how, why you would get a $5 biggie bag when you can get two four for fours for just a couple more dollars. And it's double the food. But anyways, uh, so this is the thing on the four for four deal. What we have done in the past is when you go to Wendy's, See, I want two for four for fours. Normally what's going to happen is you have the choice of, of a drink with any four for four. That's, so, but on that second order, we ask if we can replace the drink for a Frosty. And that's pretty revolutionary. It's you hit all the courses right there for $8 when you go to when In other ways, you could go to any restaurant and probably be spending up to 20 bucks to get all, a whole four-course meal. So that's the that's the the trick at Wendy's. They changed their four for fours. That's not good. Yeah. So now, like, if you want a chicken sandwich, mm -hmm. you have to get the five dollar biggie bag. Okay. Because I went yesterday. Well, that sucks. So if you wait, you're saying if you get a four for four, you have to get the five dollar biggie bag with it? No. Oh, I was about to say that would be terrible, terrible. That'd be really bad. So what is it exactly? So we had the multiple choices for the four for four. That is normal. Now, like, you can only get, like, the cheeseburger and something else instead of, like, all the options. Word. And, like, oh, so it doesn't let you get the crispy chicken sandwich, yeah. practically. This, uh, our homie's about to walk in. What's up, man? How are you? Good. Just recording something real quick. It's good to see you, man. How are you? Doing all right. Just got to grab a few Awesome. Sounds good. Have a good one.
Yeah, we're in the front of the chapel, by the way. So that's that's we're having. Um, it's just a normal spot on campus. It's awesome, but I think this is really fitting for this. But yeah, any other questions? What's the next question? Oh man, who asked that question? Did you make that one up? Yeah, I did. Okay, so the question was, what's my favorite song and what makes a, a good song a good song? Uh, depends on what genre we're talking. If we're talking country music, uh, what makes a good country song a good country song is if it tells the, a progressive story, in my opinion. So you have Sand in My Boots that by Morgan Wallen, hands down one of the best country songs of all time. No one can argue with me about that. No, Flower Shops is good, um, but I, I don't know. Sand in My Boots is iconic. It, I think it, just the songwriting of that is is ingenious. And the Somebody's Problem uh, song by him is – I cried when I went to his concert and heard that song. And Sand in My Boots. When I heard Sand in My Boots, I held up my boot. I took off my boot and held it up and waved it up in the sky. In the pouring rain. And I stepped in something very wet. I hope it. I hope it was rain. It could have been a mixture of many things, but yeah. So that's that's what makes a good country song a good country song. If we're talking worship, man, there's so many. Uh, I don't know. There's so much that's changed on the worship scene in just the past ten years. Um, I've been listening to a song recently by Vu Worship. I guess it's called um, called Awestruck. And my buddy John Webster sent it to me. And when he sent me that song, I was in Nashville in a hotel lobby. And I cried my eyes out listening to that song. Um, and I think for me, for that song particularly, what hit me so much is vertical language of like mes a message straight to God. I think that's what makes a, a good worship song a good worship song. But also being able to understand uh, that worship is call and response so when you we so basically what begins to happen is our it's revelation and response and what it does is when we catch weight and revelation of who god is what is the response what what it what comes from that and and sometimes it sounds like horizontal language it's our history with god it, it sounds like moments in which we know that god moved in our life and that we can tell testimony from and and, and that's just, and, and that's very valuable um, because the enemy is defeated by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. So that, that, that happens in, in, in worship. But, and that is our worship to God. Our story is worship to God. Um, worship, is, but also worship as uh, Weber says, um, it's a mentor, Dave Petey's mentor that we've learned a lot from. Um, just his the, his worship the, his writings on worship theology. <clears throat> he also says worship is doing God's story, and uh, stepping into God's story and, and having a response of that. So, so I think with that awestruck song, what was so awesome about it, man, is like I thought I was in the song, and it's like it's just extolling about how good the love of God is. It's like I'm awestruck in wonder. I've never knew love could feel like this more than I wanted and then it's like Jesus I can't get over this but then they go into the bridge and then it's just a testimony a testament vertical language of like of talking straight to God that because of this this is my response I realize it's always been you every season of life every wrong wave turned right and like it's always been you and then it shifts into the bridge too it's like I'm so in love with you I'm so 
in love with you. So, I don't know. That's my favorite worship song right now. So, big question. I could talk on that for a while, though. Mm-hmm. Or only get to hear the song like one time and never get to listen to it again. One time. Okay, but hear me out. So you wrote Cam a, like an album. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So imagine somebody writing you like an album. Uh huh. And you can only listen to it one of the ways. Tim, I still think that's more valuable. So the question was, um. So the question of it being if I would just listen one to one song for the rest of my life or listen to absolutely as many songs as I want but only getting to hear them one time, I think that's got to be the answer because because just hearing one song for the rest of my life, one song doesn't reach many different purposes. So It'd have to be like a two-hour song for me to justify that, Abby. So if it was a two-hour mashup, that, that's my answer. But that's a good question. Well, my favorite Bible verse of all time is um, Proverbs three three: Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Um, bind them around your neck and write it on the tablet of your heart. That has always been uh, a way that I want to live my life and a and a model for my life to to write love and faithfulness on my heart um but uh and then I, I don't my favorite bible verse right now it's a good question i've been i've been really looking in a, i've been looking into ephesians i love uh, ephesians when it says um the i mean i love ephesians 117 i believe it is, is this the where Paul is praying he's like I pray that the Lord give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ uh, that is so weighty because it's in his knowledge it's not in our knowledge it's not in our own ability it's not in what brought us to that point but it's wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who Christ is um, so that that's an encouragement for me as I still am stepping into a lot of crazy things very young in my life that's that's a prayer that I need and a lot of uh in Paul's um, mentorship of guys like Timothy and and Silas, that those kind of prayers mean something when you're being mentored and when you're on a journey when you're young. So uh, I want to carry that verse with me going into this next season of my life. So that's my favorite verse right now. This coffee is really hitting. Michael V. My man. Michael, we can do that anytime, buddy. We can talk to God. I can talk to God one-on-one. I mean, it's not the same. I understand what he's saying. Uh, so what would I say to him? Or what would be one question you would ask him? So what would you say and then a question that you would ask him? Uh, I would say, what I would say was, I don't think, if I was having a one-on-one face-to-face conversation with God, first of all, I don't think I'd be able to say anything. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I just, well, you wouldn't be able to speak. You'd probably just fall like like John says about John the Beloved when he was in the caught up in the Revelation. You just fall like you're dead. So that, so probably I would say, nice feet, Lord. <laughs> if I could get anything out, because my face would be buried in the ground. Have a good one, man. 
but uh but so that's one that's probably that's probably what i'd say to him uh nice toes god which i don't know they're probably dazzling in like diamonds and and then i'd be blinded but like revelation says also and then i'd probably ask him uh uh <laughs> i'd probably ask him uh Where'd you get your drip? No, that's not, that's not, that's not it. I'd seriously probably ask, ask God, um, how'd you do those things? Like, how'd you, how'd you, how did, how did, how amazing, I, I gotta word this question right. My thing is like, I would just ask him like, and I'd probably notice, I'd probably understand once I seen God, but I think my thing would be like, how did you have the mind to make all of these things like <laughs> like to make everything in the beauty that it is um and i think it is a reflection of the beauty who he of who he is so i'd probably just have the answer by looking at him but that'd probably be one of the one of the one of the things okay, kind of switching gears. okay. switching a, gears if a movie was made of your life if a movie was made of my life what It'd probably be, I mean, if it was of my life, it would probably be a, uh, what do they call those things that are not documentaries, but they're stories of someone's life, like a biography, but it's a movie. So like the one they're about to come out with, with like Elvis and the one they did with Johnny Cash, Walk the Line and stuff. Uh, Not that mine would ever be to that caliber. I mean, who knows? But it'd probably be a drama, I would say, because I'm a very emotional guy. Who would play me? Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> Zach Galifianakis would play me in a movie. If you're if if he ever listens to this, I hope he's like, I hope he would just be, send me an email and be like, yeah, I'll play you, because I feel like he's one of those guys that just he would take any movie job. But uh, probably everyone says i look like Corey asbury so why the heck not just he's not an actor though so maybe him if he looks the closest to me as someone who's quote-unquote famous then i'd want someone that kind of looks like me the guy who's playing elvis in the new elvis movie looks just like he looks awesome butler he looks just like elvis i think he looks just like elvis he looks so close he, he was a good guy to play elvis Oh man, having to talk like Elvis, awesome. If you don't have any more questions, I can just come. Okay, so just random talks here, but uh, this is see, you, bud. Um, random talks here of just things that I guess we could center our minds on. One thing that you know we call this podcast a deeper conversation, and. Uh, I've been thinking about this concept recently and when we were going to just like, hey, I get to just talk about whatever, this is gonna be fun. And uh, it sets a good foundation for this uh, next season of, of my life and, and my commitments to not only this community, but also just uh, just wanting, uh, just excited for a whole new season for our Elevate community and for those apart listening in to what this community represents. And, you know, we call, of course we call this podcast, but we call our evangelical service and our community here with Elevate a Deeper Conversation. And the Bible's full of them. Uh, when, when I did a, 
a little promo for when we were going to start deeper conversation. The my the reason that we call elevate that is we believe the next step in your relationship with God not only but continuing your building your history with God and I love what my my good bud Levi says he always says God never turns down someone who's longing to build history with him and the Bible's full of what we what we would call a deeper conversation Moses had those Moses had a deeper conversation with God that led him into things that he never thought he'd be doing as he as a baby was taken downstream into the purpose that God had for him and the prophets and the psalms and the writers therein uh, started with beginning a conversation either about God to God or ultimately with God and but looking at examples of some deeper conversations that take us deeper into the conversation of oneness with God uh, growing in our faith Looking at examples of that um, are key to to grow in our relationship with God. Um, Habakkuk's a good example of that. Sometimes God, all He's looking for is honesty in a conversation, and He He will tell of He He will He will get across the glory of His name through through your hardest questions, through your deepest fears, through your hardest moment of anxiety when you bring that to Him. He will truly show up and, and make his name great. But he's got to be the center of your conversation. When the conversation is about you and, and all you want is, is answers for you and about you, then, then we miss the purpose because we find who we are in him. We find what we were made to do and who we were made to be in him. And, you know, with, this, with the Bible being full of so many deeper conversations that point us into a place of building our history with God, building our relationship with God, um, we realize a couple of things. That so, what does God tend to address through the common thread of Scripture um, in most, if not all, of the conversations that begin to happen in Scripture? Uh, really, the center of who we are cries for belonging. It cries to know our purpose, to know what what this is all made to be, what this is all meant to be. I love that um, when Ephesians, I think it's Ephesians 4, is talking about um, what Christ did. He, he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he literally took everything that could keep us captive and made it captive to him, um, broke those chains, and he distributed gifts to the church. He distributed gifts to the people of God. The That specific is a fulfillment and a specific contrast from psalm 68 which starts with let god arise and his enemies scatter so the purpose and the thread through all the scriptures for his name to be known and his name to be great for his um, plan and purpose to come to pass for his will to be done and when jesus came his main message was i only do what the father's telling me to do i only do the will of my father and his kingdom come and his will be done. He was promoting the message of the gospel of the kingdom. So um, not just the gospel of healing, not just the gospel of, of restoration, not just the gospel of, of salvation, but the gospel of the kingdom. So why, is that, why should that be mentioned? We find in who Christ is where we were truly made to be, who we were truly made to be, and where we belong. And 
a generation is out here wandering and striving, trying to find where they belong, Gen Z and, and millennials and, and even going up into the farther boomer generations and everything that's happening, going on with the next generation after us. I think they're called, I've always, uh, Generation Alpha, they're trying to call them Generation Alpha and these names keep growing and, and, and you know, the main gist of understanding that has that has been promoted and through business, through marketing, through through strategies of, of, of everything, not only in the States, but the world around is where can we find a place for us to find our purpose and truly belong? The scripture, the word of God itself is full of that narrative. It's full of, of what that means. And it only begins to be found, be, it only begins to be found in a deeper conversation. So the common thread through all, a lot of, most, if not all conversations that happen in scripture is the center of who we are as the created of God, cry for belonging with the creator, cry for oneness and in a home with God, with the creator. So pivotal scriptures to knowing that you belong in a deeper conversation with God, growing in relationship with God, and following that through with living that deeper conversation with others are chapters like John 15. And really, if you look from John 14 through 17, you see these. there's pivotal chapters. Uh, I call them the union chapters that you find out Jesus gives depiction and gives revelation of what it's like to be one with God again. He was Emmanuel, God with us, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. That doesn't just mean good things for man again. It means peace with God, with God and man again. That is, it's, it's, it's everything for us. It's everything for us to understand that we were made to live in relationship with God. We were made to go forward in a deeper conversation with our creator. And that changes us, that changes our family line, that changes our generation and changes everything that we know around us. So chapters like John 15 um, and Romans 8, I, I think those are two that you could read today that are absolutely groundbreaking to understanding where to start in this deeper conversation in your next step with God. I think Abby's knee just broke over there. That was a loud pop. Anyways, so John 15, I want to read just a little bit of this. It's just in the, the first few verses. He says, Jesus says, I am the true vine. So the vine is something, you, you picture a vine, it's something that binds all things together, that brings it all into a beautiful tapestry of what everything is supposed to be, of how, what, where fruit comes from, where true substance comes from, where life begins to produce and things begin to happen. So I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He's the one who tends to this to this connecting of all things, to the bringing of all things together. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce even more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And so this is what this is his, his call to the people he's talking to, the disciples, to the people of God, the ones following him that he's talking to, the people that belong with him. Remain in me and I in you. Just as what? He gives us an example. He gives us language for it. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. 
we're so so it tells of jesus as the righteous branch i think it's in the book of jeremiah he's the branch off it, it prophesies him being the branch off from the lineage of david um meaning he was the breach into the bloodline of everything we ever knew and and changed everything for us to be one with god again and so what he calls us to be now is he's divine he's the one who ties it all together again a good christology good no of a good a good knowing of who jesus is is knowing that he is the first and the last. He binds all things together in between. And he says, I'm the vine, and you're just a branch from that. Which means we should be telling of the rest of our life how he has brought all things together again, and he is the definition of all things. So that's a side note, but it's so important for you to know as you further this walk with him that is everything. And so... He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. Why can we do nothing without him? Because he is he who is everything. We can do nothing without him because with him, we're with he who is everything. <laughs> we're with he, he who binds all things together and brings purpose to all things in which we truly belong, in which our generation, what we know everything up to this point is meant to lean on and belong in Jesus. All for him again. All for his glory again. And so it says this, and again in verse 8, If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want. Here's where we get clarity about a conversation. Ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my, my disciples. So that's that whole first section, and it even goes on. And, and if you read all from John 14 all the way to, to John 17, you see these pivotal chapters of what it looks like to continue and live in this reality of a relationship with God, being, being one connected with God. And... What we see at the end of this first section where he's giving this contrast of, the, of him being the vine and us being the branches tied to him who is everything. He literally says, ask whatever you want. Now that, doesn't, now, that doesn't mean a spin on things that people have tried to make it in which it prospers our own pleasures and it prospers what we want. But when we're connected to him, all only response, like we were talking about worship earlier, the only response we have is from a revelation of the truth of who he is, in which our conversation thickens. The plot thickens. For our generation, I want to speak that our plot can thicken. It doesn't have to be this, this, steady, this steady strand of brokenness, this steady strand of disease and anxiety and fear, but the plot can thicken. When we realize that he invites us to be connected with the God of everything, Jesus, he gives us clarity. We are called to be connected to the God of everything and have that conversation from there of saying, you know what, I want everything to change from here. I want everything to change from here. So literally everything can change from a deeper conversation. And so if we go to Romans 8, I know that I'm just spouting stuff out here, but I think it's fun. Uh, if we go to Romans 8, we see... And here, where we belong in Christ, how we belong, how we even belong in Christ. So we know that we're called to be, I don't know what's going on right here. I'll go. 
I don't know what's happening. No, it's not like nose running. I think like literally one of my mustache hairs were tickling my nose. Anyways, um, <laughs> buffer. If we look at Romans 8, and, and I want to specifically read this section from verse, let me look, 18 to 30. And, and titled, it's titled in my study Bible here, From Groans to Glory. That's a lot of where our generation's at. We're groaning. We're, we're sighing. We're saying, where is God? Where, where is truth? Where is a revelation of where we belong? Let's start with this deeper conversation for you to find where you really belong, and it's in Christ. So we heard from we hear from Jesus and and Paul gives the theology of it uh Hebrews tells of the beautiful reality of who Christ is the Christology how he's the center of everything and he connects us he said he's peace on earth goodwill towards God and man again he's the, he brings all things together to where we can truly walk with a relationship with God and live in his resurrection life and so we we hear that we can have a deeper conversation with God that we can have a relationship with God, that I and him and him and me, but this is the theology of how you belong in that. This is the theology of how we belong in that. In Romans 8, your knees are going to, I don't, do you have arthritis? Like, what's the problem? And <laughs> she doesn't have cartilage. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, I'm just going to read this for us in Romans 8. For I consider, this is what a generation needs to hear, you can go from your groans, from your brokenness to glory, to, to the glory of God, to the glory of who Christ is. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. For the creation eagerly awaits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed, so God's children to be revealed, God's own, God's offspring as the book of acts begins to call it that that when there's a dissertation that um they step into a situation of where it's like worship to the unknown god he says no this is who god is and we are literally in him we are meant to live move and have our being and we are his offspring the poets have said is what it says in acts that we are his offspring and he's referring to the psalms but this is what it says is that I just lost my place. It's okay. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is going to be revealed to us for the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's own, God's sons, to be revealed. That's what that means there. We're us as his children. Verse 20. For the creation was subject, subjected to futility. We sometimes, Some of us still see that in this generation. We look around us and we're like, everything is just subject to this darkness. That's not the end of the story. Not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in the hope that the creation itself will also be set free from bondage to decay into the glorious freedom of God's children. I like what it says there. We're a part of that narrative. We're a part of that deeper conversation with God in which his glory is meant to be made known to all people from us as his children. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now not only that we ourselves who not only that but we are who ourselves who have the spirit as the first fruits we also groan within ourselves so even us connected to the vine we also groan within ourselves eagerly waiting for adoption where we how we truly belong where we truly belong 
the redemption of our bodies. Now in this hope, we were saved. But hope that is seen is not hope. Because who hopes for what he sees? Now if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience. In the same way that the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. Because we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God, according to the plan and the purposes and the ways of God. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. A lot of people just like to skip to that verse. Everything leading up to that says where we belong as God's children and what our place is in a deeper conversation with God and walking with God and walking with God to see the change and the transformation of all things. But we skip over that sometimes and we like to read only verse 28 that we know all things work together for the good of those who are who love God and who are called according to his purpose. But it goes on to say for those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. We belong together in God. Jesus starts a breach. Jesus is the breach in the bloodline that changed everything. And we, from him, we have an ultimate reference. We have an ultimate narrative that says we are all connected to see change from the groans that we see in our everyday life, in our generation, to the glory of God. From groans to glory. And those he predestined, he also called. And, he, and those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. So that's, that's how you belong in this conversation. If you're on the outskirts of hearing these podcasts and, and also just being a part of our Elevate community, but you're like, I don't know my place, your place is to start a conversation with God. That's it. Start your conversation with God today, whatever that looks like, whatever stage of that you're on, if it means salvation for you. Confess with your mouth that he is Lord and believe in your heart and you will be saved and delivered from all of your mess, from all of your worry, from all of your anxiety, from all of your fear, from all of your bondage. But it doesn't just mean he saves you from that. It means you're invited into a deeper conversation in which the plot thickens for change. This whole scripture is our reference that everything has changed. Everything changes with just one glimpse of one that that we belong with changes everything so i read this quote i don't want to use abby's phone just because i oh she found it you went fast check this out this guy named brian waddell said this this is so dope I, I i shared this this morning it goes along exactly with what i felt like i wanted to say on this today but this is the question this is what the quote says how can a generation with more ways to be seen and heard and celebrated through Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, etc., than any other generation still not be satisfied. Because orphanhood is not solved in the spotlight. It's healed in family. So you're wandering, <laughs> your wandering is not healed and you getting accolades and you proving yourself and you doing the best that you possibly can in life. Do your best. Do your thing. I said it many times, do your thing, boo. But it doesn't stop there. You, you, it's healed in family. Your wandering is healed in family. You're wondering 
where you belong is healed with the people of God. Find them where they're at. Find where they're at and get involved. And, and not just get involved, but get engaged with what God's doing. And two things, two things that I want to give you tangibly that start your deeper conversation with God is, one, understanding what God's even talking about. If you look through Scripture, you will get a clear view of what, what is God talking about. What is God talking about for me now? What is he talking about for my generation? What is he talking about for, for where we're at, but also for what it's all made to be, for what it's all here for? What are we all here for? See what God's talking about first to start your deeper conversation. Um, that's going to be a better, better discussion than you'll ever have with another human or another business or another engagement, another, another opportunity. This is the best opportunity. The best opportunity is your communion with God, is your fellowship with the Creator. So two th ways to, to get back into this. If you've been out of a rhythm, if you don't know how to get back in the flow, first understand what God's talking about. And number two, understanding Understand that you belong in this conversation because you can't have a conversation or continue a conversation if you don't know you belong. I legit, and this is so true, I, I used to tell Cameron all the time, and I've got better with it the past year, I suck at small talk. And I, many times, like I have just so many thoughts that are running in my head, when someone just wants to come and have small talk, I get awkward and I clench up and I'm like, well, because I don't think I belong in a conversation that's just simple. So that was a flaw in my thinking. And so if you don't know that you belong in a conversation, you won't have one. If you don't know that God's for you and, God's, and God loves you and that you're not just seen as wounded and broken and, and misunderstood, He understands everything about you. He intricately made you. And He's so intimately involved with your process, with our process. He sees it all, He knows it all, and He's in and through it all. And He reveals that through His Word. And we're invited into that conversation of what that means and, and, and who He is. For, for his glory and for his name to become great again. So, um, one, understanding what God's even talking about. And the ways you understand what God's even talking about is getting with people that are God's. <laughs> getting with those who's, who are God's children. And also getting in his word. Devotion and community. And so, and then the second is knowing that you belong in this conversation. That you're a part of this conversation. And, uh, yeah, this is the reality is that, you know, a deeper conversation is the reason why we call it this is it's achieved and only achieved through devotion, through a firm community and being connected to Christ. Everything else is superficial and surface level. Everywhere else you'll search is full of conversations that will only try to sustain you momentarily when this sustains you eternally. This conversation with God in devotion and prayer and the word and community with other people that truly love and care and want to pursue Christ with you. It's and with Christ, the one who completely understands you and Hebrews talks about can't help but sympathize with your weakness as the high priest of our faith. This is what we were made for. This is what we were made for this deeper conversation. 
Uh, I feel like I said deeper conversation about 80 times in this, but guess what? Emphasizing purpose, emphasizing purpose is, is, is why we even do this. So, so yeah, um, emphasizing your purpose and identity in Christ. And so, uh, let me read something. You have your Instagram pulled up. I want to try something out. I want to read something that it's okay. Yeah. Instagram, my service has been weird in general. Honestly, yeah, it's being a little cray cray. Yep, but I'll just I'm just gonna find this real quick. This is a, a post that we put out yesterday on our Instagram. Um, speaking of our Elevate culture, so so basically, Elevate is our evangelical community here on campus for you to get plugged into in which you can have a deeper conversation with others in Christ. So, um, this is a little bit of a after-the-fact con- context. So, if you're not around here and you're not involved with our direct community, then, then this might not apply to you. But I just want to tell of what we desire to do and build here with Gen Z, with young adults, and college-age students. Um, and, and so, this is, this is the thing. These are the things that make our Elevate culture what it is. It's devotion, community, and Christ, like we talked about. Devotion meaning a commitment to rhythms of prayer, worship, and the Word daily, and also as we come together. Community, a commitment to build healthy, vibrant relationships that reflect the reality of the kingdom of God. Not just inwardly, but all around in Christ. Our commitment to Christ, to Jesus Christ as our first love and getting to know Him more and spreading His love all around. These are the main points of what our lifestyle is made to be centered around and that we want to promote through the student ministry and beyond. Uh, It's an evangelical community, like we talked about, longing to serve a deeper conversation with others in Christ to the world all around. So um, that's your context if you haven't been plugged in with Elevate and and our student ministry before. Um, Get involved this fall. It's going to be awesome, and and we're going to see God move together. But uh, any other fun questions, Abby? I just wanted to give that devotion. <laughs> if I could change bodies with any celebrity, uh, Chris Hemsworth. Duh. Well, I mean, he's jacked. He's huge. Well, honestly, I don't know if I want to be that big. Maybe, uh, I don't know, who's a medium-sized guy with a nice tone? I want the Kanye West dad bod. <laughs> oh, he's, he's got a beer gut. Niall Horn's got a little bit of a, a pub gut. <laughs> but that's, that, you said a body, you didn't say vocal cords. Okay, that's true. Oh, these are good options. These are good options. These are good options. Well, I don't really know where to go from here, so I think we're going to end this here. That's such a bad question. That's <laughs> <laughs> a terrible question to end on, but it's okay. Uh, thanks so much for joining us with Deeper Conversations. If you don't follow us, it's at BU underscore Campus Ministries. And uh, glad to have some conversation with you over coffee for all who are listening to this. And... Uh, Yeah.
Deuces. Thank you.